Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're excited to be coming to you through this platform today. We hope that your heart is encouraged, that your faith is stirred by what God speaks to you today. God bless you. Enjoy the message. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds in Jesus' name. I love Psalm 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let everything uh, with all that is within me bless his holy name. Forget none of his benefits. Now, don't forget about how he forgives us of all our iniquities, how he redeems our life from the pit, how he crowns our years with loving kindness. We serve a God. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Just lift up a shout right there in your home. I want to welcome you to Palm Sunday, our communion Sunday here at Cornerstone Church. And man, just the praises being lifted up, I can imagine and see them in your homes, families lifting up. When we're not in one place, I can see all over this community, both local and global, just praises being lifted up in people's homes. And it's such a beautiful, a beautiful thing to see and to know that we're all gathered together. We're together at home. We're not in one place, but we're together in spirit at home. I'm gonna take a moment and just share a word of encouragement and exhortation with you in just a moment. But before I do, I just wanna say, you know, something special, God really works special things in our homes and in our families. And uh, you know, over this, these past few uh, weeks while we've been staying at home, Reagan and I have been working from home, and uh, we've, we've been able to enjoy a little bit more time together. We found some meals that we didn't know that we knew how to cook or because we branched out into something new. We've done some puzzles, played some games, and uh, we've also just spent a lot of time reaching out and connecting with people, and I know that many of you have been doing the same, and I, I just want to say thank God for each of you for the, the effort and the energy that you put into reaching out to others. I'm thankful for our, our bishop and, uh, and Pastor Kathy for their leadership and their voice in our, in our, into our lives and into our community and to our world. I'm thankful for Pastors Phil and Meredith, the way that they're leading our campus. You should, you should lift them up in your prayers, not just leading our campuses, leading all of our campuses through this season. And I'm thankful for many of you who are leading in our community through volunteering. Many of you are life group leaders. And many of you are just leading, are leading your family. And I just wanna thank God for you and your leadership and your voice and your faith. And I wanna encourage you in that today on this Palm Sunday. I was thinking about, we're gonna, in a moment, we're gonna um, take part in communion together. And it's such a special moment. And communion is something that, we do in remembrance of what God has done for us. It's also something that we prepare for, and it's something that we celebrate. That as we're entering into Holy Week this week, and we've got great plans for you, so stay tuned. We've got uh, devotions that are coming out and things like that for us to all lean in together. And I want to encourage you to lean into it, pay attention to social media, pay attention to your email and those types of things so we can all join our faith as we drive into Holy Week together. But I'm believing this morning, I'm going to cut to the chase here. I'm believing this morning that in your homes that God's going to enter in right now. There's something special that's going to happen in your home. It's going to happen in your heart. It's going to happen for your children. And the presence of God is going to come because just like he said is the series that we're in. And I know that God is going to, is preparing you 
to, for his presence to enter in right where you are today. If you'll turn your Bibles to Luke 22, get your Bibles out, use your Bible app, grab a Bible off the shelf, whatever you want to do, Luke chapter 22, I'm going to read verses 7 through 20. Then came the first day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And he sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat it. And they said to him, where do you want us to prepare it? And he said to them, behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house that he enters. Man, this just does my heart so good to already read this in this passage, that he's entering into someone's house to bring in the new way that we partake in the Passover. It's not happening in a synagogue. It's not happening in a temple. It's happening in someone's house that is prepared for it. Picking up in verse 11, and you shall say to the owner of the house, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large furnished upper room, prepare it there. And they departed and found everything just as he had told them. Tell, tell the person next to you or in the same room with you, it's just like he told them. It's just like he told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Father, today, we thank you for every heart, for every home, and we thank you most of all for your word and for your spirit. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to the cross. We say, have entrance today. Flood our homes, flood our hearts with your presence. Encourage and lift us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, I'm thinking of uh, all our family and friends, both local and global, that are gathering all around the world. And it means so much to us as a church that you would be worshiping with us, and especially for something that's special like partaking in communion. And I, I was thinking as I was reading the scripture, when the disciples said they found the room just like Jesus said, I was thinking about, and I was reading, one of the things that I've done over this week is that I've read through the different account, the gospel accounts of the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus. And one of the things that I've seen is how Jesus was dictating and directing every detail of the story. It wasn't so, he, he, he laid himself down. He, he laid his life down and he he, he, he picked it up again for, on our behalf. And I was thinking about how, how, the, how evident that is in something simple that he pays attention to the minute details, even the details of how a man with a pitcher of water will lead them to a prepared room. 
I think it's, I think it's saying that it, 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 sometimes we get so overwhelmed uh, in different situations in our life, but I think it's encouraging us to say that Jesus, he's got it all figured out. That his, if, if his word is true over something minute and simple as a man carrying a pitcher into a room that's prepared, how much more is his word true when he says, if anyone believes on me, he shall have eternal life. If anyone believes in me, he shall have resurrection life on the inside of him. I, I believe that it's showing us something that he can be trusted. He can be trusted at his word because of the person that he is. And I was thinking about this, not only, you know, Pastor Mel was reading at the start of the, the service today, uh, he, he was saying that, that they found a donkey that was tied up, just like he said. It made me think of how Jesus loved to enter into a place, how he enters into a place triumphant. Anytime Jesus walks into a situation, anytime Jesus walks into an environment, he walks in triumphant. He walks in victorious. He walks in redemptive. He walks in having all might and power over it. And anytime he walks into uh, whatever state that our heart and our mind is, he walks in with a mind that he's going to be triumphant. And I started thinking, what does Jesus like to enter into? And the first thing that came to me was he likes to enter into an environment of praise. As he was entering into the city of Jerusalem, they were lifting up Hosanna in the highest, just as we did today. That's why I'm so confident that the Spirit of God is coming into your house today because we're lifting up a praise. We're lifting up a praise that draws him in, and he's coming to enter into it triumphantly. The next thing that I notice if we go on to what the passage that we're looking at in Luke 22 is Jesus likes to enter into a prepared place. He likes to enter into a place that is expecting him. He's like, he likes to enter into a place where the furniture is set, where everything is ready to go. He likes to, sit, uh, uh, to, to set up a place where he is welcome. He likes, to, he likes to enter in triumphantly to a place where people are receiving him or expecting him to come. And I know today it takes an expectation to get up in your home and to be able to live stream a church service because you expect God to come in and you expect to meet with him. You expect a word to be released in your direction. You expect the spirit of God to be poured out there in your home and in your heart. It's a prepared place that he enters into. And I want to let you know with that, that he wants to enter in today into your world and your heart. I believe that he also likes to enter into a place to pour himself out. And that's what we see in the scripture, is that Jesus came to pour himself out. He says, this is, my, this is the cup that symbolizes my blood. This is the cup which is poured out for you for a new covenant. I love that Jesus enters into a place not to, for what he can get out of it, but so that he can pour himself out on our behalf. The Passover in, through the, the, the course of history and the, the feast of, of Passover was something that people came to celebrate. It, be, it began at the Exodus and they instituted it as a way to remember everything that God had done. And they would take an unblemished lamb and sacrifice it for it would atone for their sins and it would, it would be protection over them and it would be like blood over the doorpost of their homes so that, the, so that they would be passed over and they would remain living in the land. 
Jesus is coming and he's pouring himself out. He's coming into a place of praise. He's coming into a prepared place. And he's coming to pour himself out as the unblemished land. When I think about that, I think about the suffering that he went through on our behalf. I, I, I never found a scripture that said that Jesus didn't say that we would ever have suffering. Jesus never said that we wouldn't have times or seasons where there's suffering going on. I know that many of you, there could be a little bit of suffering that's going, out, going on in your life and in your world. It could be the loss of a job. It could be someone in your family or someone you're connected to has been affected by the virus. It could be that the loss of connection and the relationships, being able to maybe even see your grandchildren or interact with them personally could be a, one of the difficulties. There could be a suffering that comes from just the feeling of loneliness and the lack of relationship. But whatever that is, the thing that I love is that Jesus teaches us that wherever there is suffering, we can expect a resurrection. I need somebody to lift up a praise right there because he didn't teach us that there would never be suffering. He just taught us that suffering leads to resurrection. And that's something that's worth celebrating. You may, weeping may endure for the night, but praise comes in the morning. That there's a victory that comes as we endure. There's a, Pastor Meredith was sharing with us on Monday as a staff as we were gathering together to pray and, and, and we were praying for each of you, for our world, for our leaders, for people who are on the front lines, healthcare workers. We were, we were praying and she shared a scripture from Hebrews that we are not of those who shrink back, but we endure to the end. That's the people of faith that we are. We believe that God is leading us to victory. He's leading us to triumph in his name. He's leading us into resurrection. That there's nothing, no part of suffering, that if you would maintain the fellowship with God, that he wouldn't bring you to a place of resurrection and victory. It reminds me what Paul wrote in Philippians 3, that we both know the fellowship of his sufferings and the fellowship of the resurrection. We get both with him. And I love that about Jesus, that it's not just through the hard times, but he's with us in the victory and he brings us to victory. I believe that our suffering also reveals your passion. You know, when you, when, when, you, when you start to have something that presses in on you, when you start to have something that, that causes you pain, it causes your passion to rise up on the inside of you. And when I, when I, look at, when I think about that as Jesus uh, has the last supper with the disciples and as he goes into the beatings and he goes into the courts and he, he's, he's crucified and he's buried, and when I think about the suffering that he endured, I think about the passion that he exhibited. Do you know today that he is so passionate about you? Do you know today that he went for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The joy set before him was having right relationship with you and me, having right relationship restored between humanity and heaven, but between the divine and between us. He, he, he restored the relationship. He, we, were, we were the thing that he was pursuing and passionate about. He was so passionate about his love for his father. He wanted to do everything that his father sent him to do. 
And in his passion that he exhibited towards his people and how he loved people, you see that every step of the way on the cross and even in the first statement, one of the final phrases that he says on his way to the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. As he's enduring the suffering, as they're mocking him, as they're spitting him, spitting at him, as they're ridiculing him, he's saying, forgive them for they know not what they do. He's passionate about the pursuit of his father. He's passionate about the pursuit of people and forgiveness is the link. He's passionate about being forgiving. Maybe there's something that you need to forgive someone, on, some, someone from in your life. And in that, there's, though it's been suffering and though it's been hardship and though it's painful, that when you forgive them, that then resurrection life begins to flow towards them and to you. Maybe it's something you need to do today. He was never looking to keep them from adversity, but to bring them to resurrection. And the last thing that he enters in to do is he enters in to pull us in. He poured himself out, but he also pulled his disciples in. Today, as you think and remember what Christ has done for us, the finished work, as you, as you celebrate what he's done, as you've prepared a place for, for him to meet with you and your family, as you celebrate what he's done, expect him to enter and pull you in just a little bit closer. He enters in with his presence to preserve us. Communion is a symbol of his presence and oneness with him. That's why we take of his of bread as the body and wine or juice as the blood because it represents our oneness with him. We feed upon who he is. It nourishes, who he is nourishes our heart and soul. What is a body without blood? If he didn't shed his blood, what is a body without his blood shed for each one of us? I'm reminded that the blood gives expression to the body and the body gives evidence to the blood. That the blood of Jesus was shed to you to bring life to your body, to bring life to the body of Christ. And the, and the body of Christ exists to be evidence of the power of his blood. That's why it always has to be flesh and blood because it had to be an unblemished lamb and he had to come and put on flesh and enter in. The word became flesh and walked among us. He entered in to fallen humanity. He entered in to bring us to his presence, to pull us to him and he offered up the, as the unblemished lamb for our, for our sake. And it's the imperishable blood the blood that never wears out, the blood that never dies, that nothing else has to be killed again. And he's, he's instant, he's, he's instituting this, he's instituting this new covenant, this new acknowledgement and practice of Passover to his disciples and saying, now all you have to do is remember me and everything is good. And I want to encourage you today in your homes and in your hearts with your family, remember him. And as you remember him, begin to prepare more space for him. And as you prepare more space for him, begin to celebrate him and expect him to enter in in an incredible way. It's just like he said. He, the last thought that I'll share with you, and then we're gonna play a video, and I want to encourage you, if you haven't gathered your elements for communion, to go ahead and do so now. 
as I share this final thought and share this short prayer over you and your family. He says, I will not take of this meal again until we're together in the kingdom of heaven. You know, every time that we do this in remembrance of him, I think it makes his heart glad that we think of him. Every time we do this in remembrance of him, I think it honors him and it sends up praise and it grabs his attention. And I think it's so beautiful that this is not something that he, he's, not gonna take in this, he's not gonna take this again until he takes it again with us seated with him in the kingdom of heaven. And the thought that encourages me the most in this is that only a restored relationship says I will see you again. He, draw, he pulls them in to the table with him to take the Passover. And the Passover lamb is sitting at the table with them. When we take communion in just a few moments, the Passover lamb is gonna be in that room with you. He's gonna be sitting, his presence is gonna be there and it's gonna be abundant. And I wanna encourage your heart that as we remember him together today, together at home, we're remembering him and as we do that today, it's going to be just like he said. We will partake of this again with him in the kingdom of heaven. Maybe there's somebody that needs a restored relationship today. And I just want to encourage you to prepare a place for him to enter. Lift up a praise and say, Father, I thank you for sending your only son, Jesus, to die on my behalf, to endure the suffering, to be resurrected, so that you could pull me into a relationship with you. And begin to prepare a place in your heart and say, God, my heart is open to you. Come and live with me, with me in my heart, in my home. God, today we thank you for your presence. We thank you for entering in. I pray for every heart, for every home, that encouragement would enter into their heart, that your presence would enter in. And God, as you enter in, Bring resurrection. I see new life flowing in homes. I see new life flowing in hearts. I see new life. Though there's suffering may happen for a moment, but resurrection happens on the other end. And Father, we thank you that as we partake in the elements, it is a symbol of your presence. And we proclaim and, proclaim and declare that we are one with you, just like you said. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that message meant something to you and that it means something in your days to come. Yeah, if this message has blessed you and you want to sow into the ministry of Cornerstone Church, you can do so from wherever you are today. Simply jump on our website at cornerstone.church and you can find the link there so that you can give in whatever way is most convenient to you. And we'll see you back here next time.